Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song. I don't have a victory song I'm not beating any holy battle drum It's taking all the strength I've got Just to put one foot in front of the other I can't swing a heavy sword like David, I threw off the old king's clothes Now I'm standing in the street Like an orphan looking for a mother All I have to give now is surrender Zip
Good afternoon, everyone. It is that time again. It's the Looking Up program. My name is Sharissa, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Pastor Danny. How are you, Pastor Danny? I'm praising the Lord on this uh, beautiful Wednesday afternoon. It's beautiful, and there's a storm outside. There is. It's very stormy out there. There is. And, of course, we are only able to be heard Mm -hmm. by you because of our wonderful producer, Shell. It's good to have you, Shell. Good to be here. (laughs) Wonderful Shell. Wonderful Shell. So, how is everybody today? Well, how are you going, Shell? We'll start off with you. <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lovely day. Uh, I enjoyed the working with you two times today, I know. Danny. Did Steve? you in that breakfast show? I know the breakfast show. What a great day! It was great. We had a great time with uh, Young Lawson. Oh, Talked yeah. about Valentine's Day oh, and good. all the uh, paraphernalia, paraphernalia associated yes. with Valentine's Day. Today's the day. Yes. Just in case you forgot out there, today's the day. So if you've got that special someone, whether it's a person or, you know, if you don't have a person in your life, then you can treat your cat or your dog or, as as Lawson said, even your plant. There you, know, you some go. Some people have a plant, <laughs> a, you know, a, a pet plant. He said that, did he? He did, yeah, and we kind of like killed ourselves laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, it is Valentine's Day and uh, – mm. And uh, I was actually reading to Judah this morning in mm-hmm. his little um, kid's Bible about the lilies of the field, you know, how mm-hmm, Jesus talks mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. them. And every flower really is a little love token from God to say, I love you. Indeed. So indeed. as you look around, all of us, as we look around at the flowers, know that we are loved by God and we are loved by him, not just today, but every day. Well, Amen. we have an exciting program. There's so much to talk about in, in the current event space. I know mm, you always is. have lots there to is. talk There's about. There's always lots to talk about, yes. And you've come with your computer back. Up so that nothing can stop I've us from talking all, about I've it. I've got it all on PowerPoint, so I've decided <laughs> let's not put our faith and trust in the internet. Which um, be can it my, be difficult. <laughs> be it my hotspot or whatever. So, um, yeah, just oh. uh, I'm hopefully a bit safer today. Oh, I'm God looking willing. forward to that. And, and we will get to our Bible study as well mm-hmm, today, mm-hmm. which is going to be a continuation of one that we talked about, started a while back on the seal of God. Mm. And uh, this is, of course, especially important and should be of interest to all. All of us right now as we head towards the end of time, mm-hmm. but the soon return of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. important to know Indeed. what the seal of God is Indeed. and more important to know, but to be sealed. Amen. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited and looking forward to that. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was a great weekend. Uh, what did I do now? Um, I did That's something. how you know it's a good I, one. <laughs> I did something. I, I think I played tennis on, on, on the Sunday and Saturday. Yeah, was that my... Uh, church for the first time this year at Bullaroo. So it was oh, great to meet the wow. saints. Um, first time, been yeah, a busy year time. for you. Yeah, it has been, yeah. All right, well, let's listen to a song. Oh, look at Shell. Lily in the Valley. Oh, How Shell's done it again. Valentine's again. Day special. <laughs> Keith and Kristen Getty bring to us Lily in the Valley. Love, oh child, do 
of Lily in the Valley by Keith and Kristen Getty. And you're listening to the Looking Up program. This is a live program coming to you on the 14th of February, 2024. And uh, we should let everybody know, because it's a live program, we'd love to hear from you. We have a studio number we can receive texts on 0488-817-624. Perhaps you have a comment, prayer request, or something, question you'd like to ask us during today's program. Uh, please feel free to make use of the studio number. And also, you'll want to keep it handy for when we let you know what our prize giveaway is a little bit later on in the program today. Well, um, Pastor Danny, there's always so much to talk about in the current events space. Um, why do we talk about current events? Just in case people wonder why we think. We're always talking about this. Well, that's because Jesus told us um, that when we see certain signs coming to pass, we are to look up because our redemption is drawing near. And that's from Luke 21, 28. And that's why we call it the looking up show. So as we see all these things taking place, we know that we are on that path that Jesus said that we would be on just before he returns. It also encourages us to be more bold to be more focused on sharing the good news that Jesus is coming back and inviting all to be prepared for his soon return. So the reason why we share uh, the news from a prophetic point of view, so we don't just deal with everything. Yeah, there are a few times when we um, venture out and we look at some possibly humorous articles or some other articles of interest. But generally speaking, everything that we take a look at is from a prophetic point of view. So we put our prophetic glasses on mm -hmm. and we are able to, to see which, which way we are heading and uh, what is taking place. It's interesting when Jesus came, he, he 
talked to the religious leaders of his day, he said, you know, you can, you can tell the weather and what's going to take place the next day, but you can't tell the signs of the times. And he was speaking in connection with his first coming. He gave many signs. He gave much demonstration that he was the Messiah, the promised Messiah. There was a prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. He said the time is fulfilled. John the Baptist was preaching that the Messiah is coming. In fact, he pointed to Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And yet the religious establishment and the people at large in Jesus' day 2,000 years ago missed the first coming of Jesus. It's true. And so... We are sharing these signs, connecting them with the Bible and the prophecies of Bible so that people today do not miss the second coming of Jesus. No one's going to miss the second coming of Jesus, but they can miss out on not being prepared for the second coming of Jesus. And in fact, in Matthew 24, after Jesus finishes off sharing the signs of the times, you may want to read his concluding words before he plunges into four parables on how to prepare for the second coming of Jesus in Matthew 24 verses 42 to 44. Notice what Jesus shares. Maybe you want to read that for us. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. <laughs> know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Okay, so watch and be ready. So we're watching out for the signs, not because we're saved by knowing the signs, but the signs are enabling us to prepare ourselves, to ready ourselves spiritually and to ready others spiritually also. Mm. And maybe in connection with that scripture, just one more, there are many that we could look at. But this one we've gone to over and over again. It's in um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it's interesting, uh, the context of verse 3, the context of verse 3 is is fascinating to read. And this is in connection with the signs of the times where we have that, we have that phrase, peace and safety. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon Mm -hmm. a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Now, Please continue reading from verse 4 to verse 6 and notice what the Apostle Paul, he's speaking to the Christians, okay, speaking Mm -hmm. to the church, what he has to share to the believers in Thessalonica. All right, it says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Okay, so what are we told here? Well, we should be aware. We should be aware. So we are not in darkness like the rest of the world. Mm. The rest of the world can see that there are things going on. And they don't know how to make sense of it. What do these things mean? Exactly. Exactly. They can't Mm. make heads or tails of what is taking place. They can see something's up. They're not sure. They're perturbed. They're anxious. They're worried. They're stressed. They're depressed. But they do not know why. Things are happening the way they are. And more importantly, there's no hope. They don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I didn't know Jesus, if I didn't have the Bible and have that perspective that the Bible gives me on what's happening in the world right now, I'd feel very stressed Mm. and unsure about Mm. the future. Absolutely. Um, And that's why the Bible even talks about men's hearts failing them for fear. From fear for the things that are coming upon the and earth. And that's also in Luke chapter 21. Mm-hmm. It's very, very clear there. So we are, we are not in darkness. 
so that this day should overtake us as a thief. Mm. The Bible says Jesus used that metaphor and the Apostle Paul taps into that thief metaphor. Yeah. And he says, we we can know, and he says, let us watch and be sober. What did Jesus say? Watch and pray. Mm-hmm. Watch mm-hmm. and be ready. So this program is designed to help us know where we are in the stream of time. So as we see these rapid movements taking place, you know, as Ellen White once wrote, you know, the final movements will be rapid ones. And every week we are seeing an escalation in prophetic events that are taking place before our very eyes. As we see these things, we had to look up. We had to encourage others to look up. Today, in fact, I was visiting um, with uh, a couple of individuals, uh, a father and daughter who have been coming along to my church. And we were talking about, you know, the various world religions in and their holy books that they have. And I said, the reason why the scriptures stand out, they stand out from any other religious book that the world religions have, be it in Hinduism, be it in Islam, be it in Buddhism, be it the New Age, be it whatever, be it atheism and the communist you know, manifesto and so forth, Karl Marx, whatever it is, Christianity and the scriptures stand out because in scripture, unlike any other religious document, we have Bible prophecy. And God has given to us Bible prophecy, mm. Bible prophecy, which can be verified. You've got history there. You've got what's coming up. You can verify that. You can understand that there is someone who is God above all gods, and that is the creator God, the one that is front and center in Scripture, Jesus Christ, who alone can provide salvation. And Jesus said in John fourteen twenty nine. When you see all these things come to pass, I have shared these with you so that you may believe. Amen. I love what you just said there, and it reminded me of a text in Isaiah 46, mm-hmm. verses 9 and 10. Here God says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So God claims to be a God who knows the future. Amen. And as you said, that sets the Bible apart. And yeah. The future has been foretold by the Bible with precision, and we can see that book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, example. Yeah, indeed. And so as we see these things taking place, we know that they are heading to that final station, Mm -hmm. that final showdown, which we're going to be talking about in our Bible study. And what follows that final showdown is the second coming of Jesus and the ushering in of God's new world order, Mm. which is filled with joy, peace, and happiness forevermore of those who want to be citizens of his new world order. So we've read the back of the book. We know how the story ends. We're seeing it all play out just as God said it would, and we can have peace, knowing that the storms that are coming do not need to terrify us because we know the one who is in the storm. Mm. He with us. We've got Jesus in our hearts and in our lives and in our bodies. So if anything, we hope that this study, these these reflections that we share on current events would help would drive people to want to know God mm. for themselves Amen. personally, to have a relationship with him because Amen. Jesus is the savior of the world and Indeed. he's the only one you Indeed. can take us from this life to the better one to come. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, on that note, let's talk about some of these current events, things that we see that are happening in our world that are pointing us to, yeah, the, the soon return of Jesus and the fulfilling of Bible prophecy. Well, indeed, uh, I just want to probably begin uh, before we plunge into, and we're just you know, tapping into people asking what's going on, 
lot of questions, not too many, not too many answers. There was this very interesting uh, interview that came up on my feed on YouTube, and the title caught my attention, and so I listened in to this interview. It was entitled "2024 Will Be Chaotic," mm-hmm. and so that caught my attention because I believe that 2024 is going to be a significant year yeah. in Bible prophecy. Our friend Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne Levin, he also talked about that. And so we can already see we're in the middle of February and there's already so much that's taken place. And so it was really interesting, this uh, individual, he's looking at things from a secular point of view. So there was no scriptures um, in what he had to say. It was just simply secular, a secular interview with this political expert in the USA on this very, very popular a show um, hosted by a guy called Ian Bremer. Mm-hmm. And so that was really, really fascinating. And they were talking about the war in Israel currently, mm-hmm. you know, the war in Gaza and how that is spilling over and we have no idea where that's all going to land. All we do know is that the polarization is getting worse. And now you have, now you have Israel threatening to put uh, boots on the ground in the last remaining safe haven, which is not very safe, because there's already bombing taking place in Rafa, which is there on the border with Egypt. There's 1.4 million people that are crowded in to that space. Everything else or the majority of, of, of Gaza has been leveled. Where are they going to go? And so there's, there's an outcry. What is going to take place? Nobody knows what's going to happen. We know that there's you know, over 1 million people that are very nervous and stressed mm. yeah. about where to next. People that have left their home potentially up north and have moved several times and they're continually on the move and there's nowhere to go. So he was talking about what's going to take place here. Then we've got the the Russia-Ukraine situation there in Europe. We've got these two major wars, not to mention, you know, the United States, mm-hmm. which is in, in a real pickle. It's, it's polarised. Nobody knows what's going to take place there. I mean, you're in between a rock and a hard place. What's going to happen if, if Biden you know, wins the presidency and the Democrats uh, remaining power. What's going to happen? If Who will get the Republican nomination? Who's going to get the Republican <laughs> nomination like we talked about last time? You know, what's going to take place if potentially Donald Trump um, is sentenced mm. to a prison sentence? What's going I mean, nobody knows. We, we just don't know. So there's so much uncertainty. And so it, it's fascinating when we when we look at that, we we take a look at, you know, what's going on in the world. And we talked about this last week and this cry for peace and safety. Mm. It's interesting that there's a world and traditional religions um, congress that is held every three years. Uh, There's one Jew in 2025. And the last one that was held in 2022 was focused on how to bring about peace in the world. So these traditional and mainline world religions are all coming together and Pope Francis is at the head of the table, seeking to bring everyone together in a time of much-needed peace. Now, when it comes to peace, we just read about peace and safety. I go to the UNESCO. I don't know how I landed at the UNESCO website. There might have been a link. And the UNESCO website, article after article, you can't make this stuff up. It's all about peace. I'll give you a few headlines, yeah. Launch of the 2024 UN World Water Development Report, Water for for Prosperity and Peace. (laughs) Water for Prosperity and Peace. Here's another one. International Day of Education 2024. 
This was from January 24, 2024. Advancing learning for lasting peace. Joint statement by UNESCO and UNICEF in Namibia. So everything now that either the United Nations, UNESCO, all these world bodies are doing, the world religions, it's all focused on peace. Peace, peace, peace. And, you know, you can say, well, this is all just, you know, coincidental that the world is talking about peace in a time of great turmoil and it's all leading to governments, religious institutions, everyone coming together for the sake of peace and prosperity. And voila, our friend Pope Francis brings out, just in the nick of time, Fratelli Tutti, his encyclical (laughs) that's all about coming together as brothers and sisters in in order to ensure peace. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, um, yeah, and just on that, we've got 20 seconds, so I probably won't have any time uh, really I might, I might, I might have to leave it till after. After bit of a cliffhanger. Bit of a cliffhanger. So people, just stay with us because there's the news coming up after this beautiful song by Kerry Brock, "In the Cross of Christ I Glory." Then there's the news, and then we'll hear the Mm follow-up thoughts from Pastor Danny. Stay with us. In the cross of Christ I glory. Towering o'er the wrecks of time, all the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. In the cross of Christ I glory, on that cross my Savior died, I make my boast. Jesus only in the cross of Christ I glory when the woes of life overtake me hopes deceive and fears annoy never shall the cross forsake me though it glows with peace and joy in the cross of Christ I glory on that cross my Savior died I make my boast in Jesus only in the cross of Christ I glory when the sun of bliss is beaming Light and love upon my way From the cross the radiance streaming Adds new luster to the day In the cross of Christ I glory On that cross my Savior died I make my boast in Jesus I glory Pain and blessing Pain and pleasure By the cross Are sanctified Peace is there That knows no measure 
joys that through all time abide. In the cross of Christ I glory, on that cross my Savior died. I make my boast in Jesus only, in the cross of Christ I glory. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Looking up program, and we hope that this finds you still with us and uh, safe from a storm that's apparently raging here in the Newcastle Hunter region. Uh, Yeah, look, the clouds were really dark outside before we came in the studio. So, Pastor Danny, you were sharing with us um, something before the break, and actually, maybe before we do that, I should tell everybody a little heads up. In today's program, we have a giveaway. There is a little book called Christ's. Object lessons. And guess what? Shell says there's unlimited copies. Because it's Valentine's Day today. Oh, is that oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Everybody. So everyone has an opportunity. Oh, everybody can have a Valentine's. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> that's the ultimate Valentine's Day gift. Forget yeah. about flowers that come and go and chocolates that there well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Chocolates so, uh, that come and don't go. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean by that. Yeah. Chocolates that come and don't go. You don't eat them? No, 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 no. As in, they, they don't. Stay, uh, oh. They stay. They don't stay around your waist. They stay. I can see you. Wearing, I can see you wearing on the same page. Shell, why Shell got it? Because I don't even know in my house the chocolate that doesn't go is the chocolate. The chocolate that, that goes in but doesn't go anywhere. It just stays. <laughs> all right, all right. Gotcha. Well, um, mm. should we give the code word yeah, away absolutely. now? Or? Absolutely. Why not? Valentine's Day. Let's get in there. Okay. Nice and early. Okay. So it's a little bit of a. Quiz as well because it's going to test your spelling, folks. Google, Google, Google. <laughs> Here it is. The code word is L U two four imminent, spelt I M M I N E N T. Correct. I'm just checking with everybody that I spelt that correctly. So that's the code word. If you text L U two four imminent to the number zero four eight 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 one seven six two four, then you will receive a little gift from us to you um, to just bless you. It's a book called Christ's Object Lessons. I think one of the best books written about the lessons that Jesus taught us in in parables, and and you'll just be so blessed. So uh, please text that code word L U. Two four imminent I M M I N E N T to the number zero four eight 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 one seven six two four. All right, Pastor Danny, where were we? Well, we were talking about this uh, peace and safety yes, theme right, we that were. is everywhere. 
yes. everywhere. Literally, it is everywhere. And it was fascinating to uh, come across this uh, news item. It was uh, shared by Vatican Press, by the mm-hmm. Vatican Press office, of where Pope Francis was early in February this year, February 24. From February 4 to February 7, 2024, uh, in Abu Dhabi, that would be in the United Arab Emirates, yep. there was a major international congress of Muslim leaders and others. It was ecumenical, but predominantly sponsored by uh, Muslim leaders and scholars that came together, believe it or not, there were 57 speakers and chairpersons from over 40 universities and research institutions across four continents that came together for the sole purpose of studying the landmark document called the Joint Declaration on Human Fraternity. Hmm. co-authored by Pope Francis. They all came together? They all came together. And Pope Francis, he had a message Uh uh, there at this gathering, and basically he encouraged all these leaders from these various religious traditions to, and I'm quoting him now, step outside of your discipline in order to get to know and understand one another so much more in order to discover common ground that we have with one another. Now, what did he mean by stepping outside your discipline? What he was saying was that as Christians, we've got our disciplines, which are our, our, our moral code. We've got our scriptures. Islam have their discipline, which is the Quran. You know, the Hindus, the Buddhists, they all have their spiritual disciplines. They've got their, their religious traditions. They've got their religious uh, faith documents. He's saying if we are to find common ground, if we are to bring the world together as one, we will need to potentially step outside of some of those fundamentals that we have had, maybe put Mm. them to the side in order to bring about harmony and unity amongst not only all the world religions, but all the world in general. Let me read to you. That's interesting. Let me read to you what he had to say, okay? This were his remarks to the assembly. Dear brothers and sisters, let us ensure that our dream of fraternity in peace, there's that word again, Mm -hmm. is not confined to words. The word dialogue is, in fact, extremely rich and cannot be limited to discussions around a table. Approaching, seeking, listening, looking at, coming to know and understanding one another and to find common ground. Mm -hmm. All these things are summed up in the one word dialogue. And he's quoting from Fratelli Tutti, his encyclical on peace and harmony and how we can all be brothers and sisters and live together. Do not be afraid, he goes on, as I pointed out, do not be afraid to step outside your disciplines. Remain curious. Cultivate flexibility. Listen to the world. Do not be afraid of this world. Listen to your brother whom you have not chosen, but whom God has put beside you to teach you to love. It all sounds so warm and fuzzy. It does sound so warm and fuzzy. And hence, Pope Francis reaching out to the LGBT community. And that explains to a great deal why Pope Francis said that the church can now bless same-sex couples. It's not the same blessings. Don't get it wrong. It's not the same blessing as the one connected to a couple, a married couple, one man and one woman. However, 
It's a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a blessing that we need to give. And why do we need to give that blessing? It's because that blessing will enable us to reach out to those who are not of the same faith, those who are not of the same worldview. We're there to reach out to them. We're there to show the love of Christ. We're there to win them through love and not through rules and regulations. Amen. It all sounds wonderful on the sound, surface. But there's a difference between having unity <laughs> In the spirit and the spirit of unity. Mm. Like God wants us to be united, but to be united in his truth. Amen. And that's what's missing. Amen. Amen. So so that's where we are, and you're going to be hearing more and more and more wow. of that taking place. And it's interesting that uh, you have... If people don't really have a standard to to filter these things through, like, like you said, it sounds so warm and fuzzy. It sounds so nebulous and innocuous, like... Harmless, you know what I mean? Absolutely. But um, if you really think about it and if you have the Bible there as a standard, you can see that actually this could be more harmful in the long run than we realize. Mm, indeed. you gotta, you got to tune into this. This also was shared by um, the Vatican at this uh, gathering there in Abu Dhabi. Notice these words. A fundamental role of religious leaders. The prelate proposed facing the challenges of this reality by encouraging communities and people around the world to seek only the common good. You're going to be hearing that more and more, Mm -hmm, the common mm -hmm. good and the dignity of every human person and to work so that in unity and solidarity, the balm of fraternity heals the wounds of humanity. Have mercy. So who is leading out in seeking to bring about healing in the world? The papacy. The papacy. Read for us Revelation 13.3. We said at the outset, we're sharing news headlines that are directly almost, well, in this case, word for word, quoting from Revelation. Revelation 13.3, this speaks of the Roman papacy and its role at the end of time. This, what we are reading, is fulfilling these words. Revelation 13.3. And the Bible here says, And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Wow. So as this power finds more and more healing, the Bible says the Roman papacy will lead the world in seeking to bring the world together. Amazing. To bring those, to bring healing to the wounds. And do we have wounds today? Yes. Absolutely. Open wounds. The world will marvel even. Marvel at wonders. Yeah. It's incredible. Let me read to you a little bit more of this um, incredible statement. He goes on. In this perspective, he emphasized the value acquired by the close relationship and communication between the various faiths. Believers of different religious traditions walking together on the path of interreligious dialogue can truly offer their contribution to universal brotherhood. Notice these buzzwords in the societies which they live. And so, you know, this is this is all following following this path that we have been looking at that the Bible says, and in fact, the Bible says the the Roman papacy will lead the world. It will lead the world. If you want to take a look at Revelation 17, let's be reminded that all the world will come together and give their authority and power to the Roman papacy. That will be leading the way for this this aim of peace and safety. Mm -hmm. Revelation 17, verse 12 and 13. 
The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. So there you have it. So the Bible's very, very clear, and we know that that is right at the end of time because in verse 14 it says, you know, they make war with the Lamb, but the Lamb overcomes them. Mm. And it's interesting, you, you, you mentioned that word marvel. Mm. which is in Revelation 13.3. When John sees this power, mm-hmm. this power that has this incredible resurrection and the whole world marvels three times in Revelation 17, in verse 6, verse 7, and verse 8, that word marveled. marvel is used. He says, I marveled. Yeah. I marveled. I it's marveled. a wonder. It's amazing. It is. It is amazing. Like this power. Has, it's never been like this before. It, there's been no other power in human history that has... Risen and come back. <laughs> risen to such prominence. You know, over a thousand years, the papacy ruled and reigned. Yeah. It received its deadly wound over 200, year, th- over 200 years ago. I was going to say over 200,000 years ago. Over 200 years ago, it received its deadly wound. And especially in the last century. Well, yeah, even if you look at the trend of the beasts of Bible prophecy, it's like one kingdom, like Daniel 7. Yeah. You know, one kingdom, the lion, and it's followed by this kingdom, and it's followed by that, but none of them come back. None of them have a resurrection. <laughs> but this beast in Revelation 13, it looks like it's about to die, and then it comes back. And Absolutely. it takes, the world, the world follows. The world follows. The world follows. And so mm. I'm not sure if you wanted to share anything on that, um, anything anymore? Well, on I'm that. just looking at the. Um, did did we read verse um, thirteen and fourteen of no, chapter we did, seventeen? We didn't read verse fourteen. If you want to read verse fourteen, I just after you know, after, or the one mind. Yeah, after the one mind, they give their power and their authority to the beast that we've been talking about. But verse fourteen of Revelation seventeen is important. These will make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb, that's Jesus, will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Mm, Wow. There you go. So Mm. they will have the victory through Christ. So this is the final showdown. Well, there is, and there's clearly two groups the Bible is talking about. There's a group that's going to follow after this beast and marvel, and there's a group that, according to verse 14, are going to follow the Lamb. Amen. And those who are with the Lamb are called, chosen, and faithful. Mm, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, going along with this, we talked about this last week, but we need to tap into it some more because I didn't have some of my articles because I couldn't get onto the internet. But this Sunday movement is growing. Is it? It is growing exponentially. I've not seen so many articles, be it in Christian publications or in secular publications, that are gunning for having one day off every week mm. in order to preserve the environment, good for the family, good for your health, good for the common good, good for the world at large. Interesting. So we talked about that uh, article that came out in the Washington Post back in January 23 of this year, Why Reviving a 2,600-Year-Old Spiritual Practice Made My Life Better. Mm -hmm. Fascinating read. That kind of got the headline. Um, it's a bit of misinformation because the Sabbath come, comes to us from 6,000 years ago, uh, not 2,600 years ago. It was given by God at creation. But then you've got um, yeah, Christianity Today. They tapped into uh, this, this same subject. Sabbath is not a luxury good, and that was back on January 30. Then you've got the Weather Channel. The, the weather, weather channel. channel. I don't know who sent me this, whether it was my sister or, <laughs> or, or my other good friend, Venice down in Melbourne. Not sure who sent it. But the weather channel 
are speaking of an eco-sabbath, how to cut emissions by doing nothing. Notice this. What if I told you that the next big climate move could be simply doing nothing? So imagine this one day each week where you do less and the planet gets more. That's the proposal of one Jewish religious intellectual history professor, the old school charm of the Sabbath with a kind of new age green twist now that isn't just lounging around. It's actually a conscious choice to reduce our environment impact. No checking emails, watching TV or driving for a whole day. In the theory, we could slash our carbon emissions by a whopping 14.3%. That's one-seventh of our weekly output gone without spending a dime or needing any new technology. So just one day out of seven where we nearly eliminate emissions. And it goes on and on. This is on the Weather Channel. This is the Weather Channel. Channel. That's amazing. And we've got to listen to a song by Aaron Shust right now, Wondrous Love. And then we just have lots more to say on this because I just found something too. But oh, wow. let's listen to this. Everyone's falling and everyone's dying and everyone's losing their minds. We need a savior who's walked in our footsteps and we need a God on our side. To know why we're tempted, to know why we're tired To understand suffering and pain To give us a reason to hope for tomorrow And offer us strength for today That you would leave your throne And make this world your home Forsaking majesty Embracing mundane And all of its shame You walked our dusty streets Healing the world in need You looked into the eyes Of sinners like me Setting us free What wondrous love is this? What wondrous love is this? That you would lay aside your glory For my soul
You're very I much can't alive. Hear myself. You're very much alive. Okay, my 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 uh, headphones just aren't working. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was. <laughs> she wasn't sure. I was she just was checking alive. if I could hear myself. But if you can hear me, that's the main thing. That was Aaron Shust, and I can't even remember what the song was, but it was a good one. Well, we we've been talking about current events here. This is a looking up program, and a reminder that as a special gift to all of you, we have a little book entitled Christ's Object Lessons. A beautiful book. If you if you want a little gift that will inspire you, that will bless your Bible study and draw your heart out to Jesus, and this is a book for you. Uh, please text the code word L U two for imminent i m m i n e n t to this number zero four eight 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 one seven six two four and there is an unlimited supply of these beautiful books so everyone can be a winner today please text that code word to the number as soon as you can l u two for imminent to zero four eight 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 one seven six two four if you spell it wrong i can fix it up for you so oh great that's great fantastic shell mrs fix it <laughs> oh, very good. Well, where were we, Pastor Danny? We we were talking about some of the some of the ways that we're seeing Bible prophecy being fulfilled we before were. our and very you, eyes. You were highlighting before we went to that song about how the Sabbath, as um, people referring, you know, a need for a Sabbath, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Sunday being called a Sabbath, is now really starting to, to become mainstream. Have in Christian more attention and beyond. Absolutely. We looked at the Weather Channel. That was amazing. Um, and that, while you were looking at the Weather this Channel. This was the U.S. Weather Channel, in case right. people are wondering which Weather Channel, not here in Australia. This was uh, a U.S. Okay. Uh, weather Channel, right. uh, to my understanding. So I could be wrong. If the person who sent it to me is is watching, they can certainly let me know. But, um, yeah, either way, it was a Weather Channel, and it was interesting how they were highlighting this. <laughs> There was uh, yeah. an interesting uh, article that we both came across. Yes. Do you want to share on that article that appeared in this um, mainline uh, Roman Catholic magazine in the United States? Yeah, so basically, folks, whenever Pastor Danny's sharing an article or he's talking about something, I'm fact-checking him. <laughs> I was Googling some of the things you were talking about just to see you know, what oh, else is out there. There's misinformation and disinformation. <laughs> And and you, I was amazed. You know everything you're saying. It's just I'm finding it, and I noticed an article which you'd already found, but it was um, U.S. Catholic faith in real life. 
Um, and here is on the uscatholic.org website, there was this article published on the 2nd of February. So it's mm-hmm. fresh. Very fresh. And the title just I thought was amazing. And then we had to go to a song break. But it was um, a new documentary makes a case for reviving the Sabbath. Sabbath is a spiritual discipline. Should it also be a social policy? Is oh. that is the <laughs> subtitle? Isn't that amazing? That is phenomenal. Yeah, that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, there are there are so, there is so much interest in this particular article. As I was reading through it, and I'm just going to summarize in the interest of time. But I'd encourage people to go and read this article for themselves. Pull out the great controversy, amazing. and I'm going to share with you a quote in just a little bit from the great controversy that I shared last week. That now really is coming into the spotlight. But they talk about uh, how Sunday was the Sabbath for the Puritans. So mm-hmm. this is before the Constitution in the United States of America. This is during that colonial period. Yep. And how businesses were required to close and people had an opportunity to rest. And there were people, as you well know, and you've you've done a documentary, well, not a documentary series, <laughs> but you guys did a series on the end.digital yes. on, on this subject. People were punished if they... If they desecrated the so-called the blue Sabbath Sunday, that's right, the blue laws, and even some were put to death, as as we well know. And so it goes on and talks a little bit about that. And then what really caught my attention was this. Check this out. This is from the from that article. Historian Thomas Kidd notes that labor unions, are you listening to me, Sharissa? I'm listening. Labor unions, she's fact-checking me as we speak. (laughs) Labor unions and churches have often worked together to advocate for days of rest. Wow. We know that labor unions, we've been told by... God, through yeah. his servant Ellen White, will be at the forefront. She specifically spoke she, about She spoke unions. of labor unions. Labor unions coming together. Wow. At the amazing. end of time in connection with the so Sabbath. So can you repeat where that was found? That was found, well, in this article. Which article? That U.S. Well, the same one I just mentioned. The same one you mentioned. <laughs> that U.S. US Catholic. Right, there you go. Clearly I haven't read the full article. In real life, this a new documentary makes a case for reviving the Sabbath. So just Google that and you will find it there. That's an amazing article. There's, there's a number of other, other really interesting uh, parts there, but I just want to read a little bit here. It says, as a result... And I'd be, be interested to watch this two-hour doco. Yep. I really would be interested to watch it, and I'm looking forward to watching it if it's ever released somewhere on YouTube or wherever. As a result, many labor advocates and even a few business leaders have begun, this is talking about right now, yep. have begun to advocate a four-day work week with 32 hours of work for no reduction in pay. In the recent, and I believe this is all going to happen gradually. So yes. these are all steps in that direction. In the recent United Auto Workers strike, this expansion of the Sabbath concept was one of the UAW's demands. Mm. So this is all taking place now. The concept of the Sabbath and work life balance, this is now becoming mainstream. Let me share with you. I'll, I'll get out of here for a minute. Let me see if I can go out of here. All right. Let me see if I can go to. There was a really fascinating um, article, mm-hmm. and this was one of the largest car dealerships in the UK. They decided to close down on Sunday. Can you believe that? There's a few people that have tried it. Oh, but the largest one. 
One of the largest. Mm. Okay, Greenhouse Group is one of the UK's largest car dealerships with 22 locations and an annual revenue of 1.24 billion euros. Mm. Okay, they're a big fish in the auto car market. Starting February 5, 2024, which has already started, yeah. it will close all of its dealerships on Sunday in order to promote a work-life balance for themselves and their employees. This is what they're saying. We are challenging industry norms in order to create personal time that engages families. Mm. Greenhouse Grab said it will close in order to provide for this. It's interesting. It says by reserving, this is from this article, sorry, that, that's quoting from these car dealerships, by reserving Sundays for them, that is for the people, for everyone, for our employees and potential buyers, they don't need to worry. We acknowledge their hard work and the importance of their personal time. We believe the change will bring a renewed energy to the workplace and enhance its customers' experience, as well as challenging industry norms for employee care and satisfaction. And it goes on and it says, you know, we believe that a happy and a healthy team is key to outstanding customer service. So they believe that their employees are going to be happier, they're going to be healthier, and they're going to be more productive mm. if they do not work on Sunday. Why Sunday? Why not ask them to choose whatever day they want? Good point. You know, obviously it's going to disrupt business, I'm assuming. But still, it's interesting how, how, how Sunday it's is like now. like all roads are going to lead to All one. roads are leading to Rhone. Mm. And there's a Sunday train ban in the UK as well. The, oh, the yeah. unions got cranky. The unions got cranky oh. with the government. And so they decided we are stopping work on Sunday. We're not going to drive the trains on Sunday. So this also took place. So you can see all these things that are coming to pass now more and more. And yep. so we are seeing this concerted effort to bring about one day a week of rest in yep. order to ensure families, society, the climate, everything has a rest. God, we talked about this last week. God has given us the seventh day Sabbath for the family, for the environment, for our health and well-being, for the world. God gave that as a blessing. And mm. Satan is now bringing out his counterfeit because he knows he can't come up with a better plan. That's right. He can't come up with a better plan that God put in place 6,000 years ago. So he's hijacked God's seventh-day Sabbath, and that's where your subject, the seal of God, which we're going to get to in just a little bit after this section. We're going to spend two whole sections on that. This taps into where things are going. It's amazing, too, because the Sabbath was, um, as you said, you know, God's gift to the family. You know, Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And it was, um, it's also a gift to the environment. Like it's everybody mm -hmm. can rest. The mm -hmm. animals can rest. Everyone. And now there's this substitute coming along mm -hmm. and it's being substituted for exactly the same things. Exactly. For the and the environment. Exactly. 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 Do you have something? Well, I was just thinking about this. You know, we're always talking about climate change mm. as well and how, uh, yeah, how everybody's worried about the planet right now. And um, did you see about the um, New South Wales government seeking um, to trial a 30-minute city? 
No, I didn't see that. But I know that's on the card because they're talking about these 15-minute cities. But, yeah, yeah I hadn't heard so, about the 30-minute so, city. So, yeah, this is just, you know, kind of recent Sydney to get a brand-new 30-minute city with a car-free streets. Here's what it would look like. You'd, only, you'd just be, have pedestrian thoroughfares and mm. everything would be within 30 minutes. But, like, it sounds great. It's great. Like Great the, on paper. Great for the planet. Great but it also would be great for control. Absolutely. <laughs> As we've seen during COVID, things can really tighten up real quick. Um, so, right now... Now, according to this article that I'm reading, um, people, uh, the government is seeking community feedback on on this city. They're planning to open the first one um, in in the in, in the city called Bradfield City, and it will be built next to the Western Sydney Airport, and it's going to open in 2026. But uh, anyhow, I just thought. In it line, is everything is heading the everything same direction. Everything is lining up. All, on all fronts, it's all just... Everything is lining up, so folks, yeah. there is a lot more. It's interesting, that article, the one um, that highlights that documentary on the Sabbath. Yes, that's an amazing It talks article. about, should we be including this in policy? Because a lot of people have been like, how can you bring in a Sunday law in the United States when it goes against the First Amendment of the Constitution, the very bedrock of the nation. How can you do that? That will never fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It will fly. It will fly if it does not come in under religious purposes, but it comes in under secular purposes, Mm. that this is not necessarily to be rolled out for the sake of faith, but this is to be rolled out for the sake of family, for health, for the community, for the common good. Hallelujah, common good. (laughs) Hey, let me share with you. This is from the catechism. Okay, this will this if this doesn't blow your mind, nothing will. I bought this. What is what edition is this? I think this is the two thousand and five edition. Two thousand and five right. edition. This is the catechism. Check this out. Yeah. Um, how does one keep Sunday holy? Okay. Notice this. Christians keep Sunday and other days of obligation holy by participating in the Eucharist. Da di da di da di da. Okay. It goes on. I won't take the time to read all those activities, but. Under that is this question. Why is the civil recognition of Sunday as a feast day important? Civil recognition. Mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. does the government need to weigh in? Check this out. It is important so that all might be given the real possibility of enjoying sufficient rest and leisure to take care of their religious, familial, cultural, and social lives. It is important also to have an opportune time for meditation, for reflection, for silence, for study, and a time to dedicate to good works, particularly for for the sick and for the elderly. Mm. This is in the catechism, sister. Amazing. This is not any news article. This is the catechism, which is the official mouthpiece of the Church of Rome 2005, Teaching. signed off by Benedict XVI, who was the previous pope to Pope Francis. Now, we've got 40 seconds left. I don't know if, if, if my mate Shell can give me an extra minute. She may, she may not be able to. But back to that quote from... Ellen White, Great Controversy, page 605. She has. Praise the Lord. Notice what she writes. Heretofore, those who presented the truths of the third angel's message, speaking of this day of worship that will be imposed, have often been regarded as mere alarmists. Their predictions that religious intolerance would gain control in the United States, that church and state would unite to persecute those who keep the commandments of God, have been pronounced as groundless and absurd. Mm. It has been confidently declared that this land could never become other than what it has been, the defender of religious freedom. But notice these words now. But as the question of enforcing Sunday observance is widely agitated, what was that headline? 
Should this be a matter of policy? Good point. The event, so long doubted and disbelieved, is seen to be approaching, and the third message will produce an effect which it could not have done before. Great controversy, page 605. My dear friends out there, we are watching these words being fulfilled in our hearing like at no other time in human history. Just amazing. What an exciting time. <sighs> exciting time to be to alive. Be alive. And an to, exciting time to, to be alive. study the Bible. Absolutely. Ah. And that's where we're going, folks. Do not go away. We're moving into our Bible study after this. Next week, we're going to deal with the whole digital currency space. That's next week. A whole bunch of stuff for next week and that. All right. Well, let's listen to Sarah Draggett, and she's going to bring to us a song aptly titled, Remember. Ah, amen. Times God built a monument at the dawn of creation. He hallowed and blessed those moments of rest, that day of complete veneration. That pillar he made not of stone but of time. The hours were sacred, the idea divine, and the morning stars sang for joy they did shine and shouts that first week of creation. And lest they forget, he made angels food fall down from the sky on all days but one. And he wrote it down for the sake of us all among the ten rules on the stone. Those rules about murder and stealing and lying, engraving with blazing finger, defying whoever in heaven or hell should endeavor to change the commandments he wrote. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then came God's own Son to show us the way. Same Sabbath day, the pure Lamb of God, as our soil he trod, in God's perfect will he did stay. Till heaven and earth shall indeed pass away, not one dot or one dash will be changed, he did say. The apostles of old, kept and honored, were told the same law that their master obeyed. For three hundred years, after our Savior died and arose from the grave and ascended on high, the Christians respected the law and the stone, the one written with finger divine. But then came the day, Constantine was his name, the emperor who over Rome did reign, tore down the old landmark, the pillar of God, and directed the day of the sun. Here is the patience of the saints, here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. 
It's millennia past, the memory of God's pillar of time, the slowly erased by the ceaseless waves of generations of human traditions and days. But God called His people out from among them to point to His word and light up the darkness and restore the knowledge of His special covenant preserved from the dawning of time. Lest you think that the crowds can't be wrong today. A heathen day in place of the divine Thought to change times and laws The laws that God's finger Engraved on the tables of stone Those who oppose it It trembles and kills That city that sits on seven hills That market causes small and great to receive On forehead or hand in thought or in deed, it cares not whether you're really deceived or just afraid and so follow its lead. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Sarah Draggett bringing to us an amazing song, Remember. I hope you enjoyed that one. And we are still with you here on the Looking Up program. And again, a reminder, this is a live broadcast. And today we have a beautiful gift that we want to make available to all of you. You just simply have to text in today's code word LU24 imminent. That's with an I double M I N E N T. Text that code word to 0488. 817624 and you will receive this beautiful book Christ Object Lessons as a gift from us to you. Now we've come time for our Bible study but um, as we've been talking about you know the spotlight 
seemingly beginning to turn now to the Sabbath and the Sabbath and the need for rest and a day to be legislated as a day of rest mm-hmm. even. Included um, in policy. Included in policy uh, is starting to take center stage. And that shouldn't su- – well, it's a it's a surprising in the sense that it's happening, but it's not surprising in the sense that the Bible said this is exactly what would be happening um, before Jesus comes the back. The pendulum will swing. The pendulum is swinging. Now, speaking of pendulum swinging, um, this was just interesting, but some of you, uh, none of us probably watched the Super Bowl. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, this is the most oh, watched maybe game. Maybe some of our listeners. Yeah, definitely. The most watched game in the U.S. Probably one of the most watched sporting events on the planet, outside probably of the World Cup soccer final. Yeah. But, yeah, anything outside of World Cup soccer, this would probably be it. Yeah, well, my husband sent me this. He said uh, it, this is a, a, a little news thing that he sent me a clip of. It said, in case you missed it, during the big game yesterday, there was a commercial that was just a prayer led by Mark Wahlberg. It was the first time that prayer was part of a commercial on such a large stage. That's during the Super Bowl. Mm. That commercial was done by our partner, Hello, and the number one prayer app in the world. And then it goes on and on and on. But isn't that interesting? Like That is interesting. Uh, it's just little by little. A pendulum is, is starting to swing. People are realizing, hmm, we've thrown God out. Maybe it's mm-hmm. time we need him again because things are going crazy. Think, think, things are, are, are turning to pear-shaped. And we talked about this last week just to remind folk that in in the United States, in the nation's capital there in Washington, D.C., on January 31, Christians and government leaders came together at the Museum of the Bible to pray for the nation and ask God to forgive their collective sins. Mm. And that was something that hadn't been organized before, but it was organized. And the headline, Christianity, sorry, CBN, which is the Christian Broadcast uh, News, which is a major uh, news Christian news organization. And the headline was, in connection with this event, America Needs God. Mm-hmm. Lawmakers join evangelical leaders in repentance. Mm. This is just straight out of the great controversy and what we are to expect as we draw closer to the coming of Jesus. Amen. Well, on that note, we should get into our Bible study. Amen. Would you like to open with prayer? Sure. Father in heaven, we are living in monumental times. Father, we are seeing Bible prophecy literally being fulfilled before our very eyes, and it's not happening in dribs and drabs, Father. It's taking place rapidly, as we were told more than a century ago, that those final movements will be rapid ones. We never expected it to be so rapid, but it is. Mm-hmm. And now, Father, as we take a look at your word and dis- and seek to discover how we can be on the right side of eternal history, mm-hmm. on the right side of eternity, how we can receive the seal of God rather than the mark of the beast, we pray that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we should probably begin just by talking about why the seal of God is so important for people to understand. And to do that, I'd like us to go to Revelation chapter 13 and just highlight why we want to know about this seal. And the reason why we want to know about this seal is because there is a mark. And maybe, um, Pastor Danny, would you like to... Read for us Revelation 13, verses 13, 14, 15, 
and 16. Okay, so beginning in verse and 13. Just and go, 17, just go the whole so way. So Revelation 13, 13 is where we're beginning, in case you're following along. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So you have here this this coming scenario, it's the mark of the beast crisis here in Revelation chapter 13, where you won't be able to be a member of society unless you receive the mark of the beast. Like you can't contribute, you can't do trade, you can't buy or well, sell. You, you can't buy or sell. That means you are banned from partaking in any meaningful way in society as we know it. Correct. In fact, in the very next chapter in Revelation chapter 14, there are three angels that John sees flying in heaven. And the third of those, the number three angel says in Revelation 9, um, can you read just Revelation chapter nine, uh, 14 verse 9? Sure. It says, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand. So there's this warning that comes, you know, don't receive this mark that, you know, you can't, uh, unless you have, the Bible says you won't be able to buy or sell. So that's the warning from heaven. And that's repeated in verse 11. Go Those same words it. are repeated in verse 11 at the end of, uh, you know, what God says will be the consequences for those who receive the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. It says they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. All right. So it's repeated twice. Repeated twice. So that's extremely important. There's no no other message yeah. um, in those three angels that is repeated word for word in that way. You could probably say that, you know, the second angel's message, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, is a repetition. And that probably is, and that's really important. But this specifies. True. That's a really good point. The very next chapter after this one, Revelation chapter 15, mm -hmm. has this beautiful picture. And if you want to read verse uh, Revelation 15, verse 2. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. All right. I'm really curious about this because, you know, there's this mark of the beast that's going to come. Mm -hmm. And then people, unless they receive it, they won't be able to buy or sell in society. Mm -hmm. Then there's a warning that goes global in Revelation 14 from heaven. Mm -hmm. And God appeals to us, don't receive this. Don't choose to follow the agenda of this this human power. Then the very next chapter says that there's a group of people who won't follow the beast, who won't marvel the beast at the beast, but they receive victory over his mark. Mm -hmm. So, and then, and then I love it. it. Says they have the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over his name. They have the victory over and over and over again. Mm. Who is this people? What? Why? How is it that they have this victory? And that's where we're coming to the. Well, they are the saved. They are the saved. They are the saved because they are standing on the sea of glass, having mm -hmm. harps of God. So they are the ones who are saved at the end of time. Amen. 
They are the ones that uh, had war waged against them that we read in Revelation 17 earlier. You yes. remember by the beast that is together with the ten kings. This is this new world order. But they have the victory. Yes. Amen. So then, you know, there's this contrast. Mm. Those who receive the mark of the beast, those who don't. And my question is, what is it that they, those who don't receive the mark of the beast, what is it that they receive if they don't receive the mark? And the Bible tells us they receive the seal of God. Amen. I believe that's where we find Revelation chapter 7 yes, tells us about that. It indeed does. So um, would you read for us Revelation chapter 7 verses, um, I guess we should read from verse 1. Yes. 1 to 4. Sure. So Revelation chapter 7 verses 1 to 4. John writes, After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Wind meaning what? Wind meaning strife. Okay. Uh, so wind is, uh, is a symbol for strife mm-hmm. and absolute mayhem and turmoil. Mm-hmm. And so God is saying, hold back the winds of turmoil and strife. Hold back World War Three, mm-hmm. so to speak, until my people, as we'll discover, have been sealed and secured. And that's where we go to in verse 2. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east. So that's where, where Christ comes from. He comes from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees. Now, the earth is a representative of uh, sparsely populated areas. Mm-hmm. The sea is a representative of many nations, tribes, mm-hmm, tongues, and mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. So lots of people. So this is around the world. Do the not. Trees? And while well, the trees, uh, you've got King Nebuchadnezzar yes. is described as a tree. That's so right. the leaders. nations, well, the nations are the leaders. The nations are represented as trees. So God is saying, hold back the winds of strife. Don't pour out those winds of strife. Don't let humans go to war with one another until I have sealed. Until, let's keep going. So where are we here? We're in verse 3. Till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Wow. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Yeah. And then some people might say, well, that's great. That sounds exciting. So there's a seal, but does that mean only 144,000 people will be sealed and saved? No, I don't believe that. I believe that uh, this number, um, it, there are some that, that believe that this is uh, a literal number, but not only of those that will be saved. There are some that believe it could be like God's ambassadors, like he had 12 disciples, mm-hmm. but those 12 disciples were then commissioned to share the gospel and to invite others into the kingdom. There are some that believe that. There are some that believe that this is purely symbolic yes. in nature and only symbolic in nature. Either way, we know that according to verse 9, according to verse 9, John says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. And so God will have a host of people, and only God knows how many will be saved and what number that will be. But the bottom line is, I think, Sharissa, that we need to point out is that God will seal his servants. Amen. 
I love that you bring that back to the bottom line because I too don't believe that it's like a literal number because even as you read on, you know, it's the 12,000 from each of the tribes. And, and they are male virgins. They are. And, and you read about that in Revelation 14 as yeah. well. So it's, so it's got to be a symbolic It's got to be symbolic. Yeah. Yes. But, I uh, do believe that, yes. Yeah. And, and so now that we've identified this, there's a contrast that we've, we've clearly seen that the Bible is pointing to. There will be a mark of the beast. Yes. But there will be the seal of God as well. And so now we need to um, investigate a little more on what is this seal and how can we receive it? Well, the Bible, <laughs> it's amazing because it's just so clear. You ask the Bible the question and you go find the answer in the Bible. It's so there. there's some amazing texts that we could just look at right now. God actually spoke of the Sabbath as being a sign uh, of his power to create and his power to, to, to transform our lives. So let's look at a couple of texts and see what God's mark or symbol of authority is. The first one is Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12. Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 12. Would you mm-hmm. like me to read that? Please. Okay, this is what it says. Moreover, this is God speaking. I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Beautiful. And then in verse 20, it says, Hallow my Sabbaths, and they will be a sign between mm-hmm. me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God. Amen. And this one I'll read is in Exodus chapter 31, verse 17. God says here, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. So clearly the Sabbath is a sign. It's a mark. It's a token of his authority because he created us and he is our savior. Amen. Right now. We're running out of time, but but we, we've got some exciting dynamite stuff to share right after this. Um, but we just want to wrap this up before we do, uh, because any seal, any seal has three elements to make it a, a legitimate seal. So for argument's sake, the president of the United States has three things in his seal. And we are going to see what those three things are after this news break and then... We'll just share this amazing insight right from God's Word. Huge, huge. It's huge. It doesn't get more huge than that. So let's listen to the news, and then we will continue with this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. program. Thank you for staying with us. We are just in the midst of our Bible study. We're talking about the seal of God and we're just about to identify something that's just in, I think it's amazing and I hope that it's a blessing to you too. A reminder that if you would like to obtain today's giveaway, it's 
Anyone can receive it. It's a beautiful book, Christ Object Lessons. Please text the code word LU24IMMINENT to the number 0488-817-624. Now, just before we went to the um, news, we were just talking about how a seal, in order to be a seal, has three things that make it such. And those three things would be uh, the name, mm-hmm. a title, and a territory. Correct. So, and we were going to use the example of the president of the United States. You could give States. the example of our Australian coins. Would you? Would you go yeah, ahead and well, do that? Well, on the Australian coin, if people pull out an Australian coin, still we've got you know the picture of Queen Elizabeth mm-hmm. the second, um, and I don't have one in front of me, but I've I've seen enough to to remember what's on there. You've got the Queen, her image on mm-hmm. there, and you've got a crown. So that's her title. Mm-hmm. She's the Queen. You've Elizabeth. got her. You've got her name along the side there, Elizabeth II, mm-hmm. and then you've got her territory, Australia, yeah. written on the coin. So on every Australian coin, we have a seal. That's right. We've got those three elements. It's interesting. And so when we're looking for the seal of God, we would expect to find those same three elements in His seal as well to make it a legitimate seal. That's right. The name of God, His title, and His territory. Correct. And this is where it's just amazing because it's like in the Ten Commandments, there's like this bullseye. <laughs> it's from the Fourth Commandment. This light, this halo. It's like this halo. It's like, bang, there it is right there. In fact, let's go there and just have a look at something because then we'll go and look at a copy-paste job of this same, some of these same words that we see in Revelation. Um, Exodus chapter 20, and would you read for us verses 8 to 11? Okay. This is the fourth commandment in Revelation 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Wow. Right there, you have all the elements of God's seal right there in the Sabbath. All those three elements, they're all there and in verse 11. It's significant because of all those other texts we were reading before that talk about the Sabbath as being a sign, mm-hmm. sign, seal, token of authority. It's the same thing. Um, so let's just identify for our listeners, what were those? Th- where did we find those three elements? Where's Well, in verse, three, sorry, in verse 11, mm-hmm. we have the name. Yep. of the lawgiver, the one that has given the Sabbath, and that's the Lord. Mm-hmm. We have his title. He's the creator, made. Mm-hmm. And we have his dominion or the territory that he rules and reigns over, heavens and the earth, the yeah. sea and all that is in them. In a sense, if it wasn't for there. the fourth commandment, which contains those three elements, the Ten Commandments would be just a beautiful gift without knowing who they're from, you know, like you just, the Lord, whoever he is. But here you have who he is. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And so on this day when many people might be receiving anonymous Valentine's gifts, well, Mm -hmm. here is a gift from someone who loves us and he's put his name to it. (laughs) He says, and he is the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And so I just think that's amazing. Now let's check out. Hold in your memories as much as you can while you're listening to those words. And let's go over to Revelation chapter 14 because it's like, okay, the seal is there in Exodus chapter 20. But check out this, Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. 
So this is Revelation 14. Yep, and this is the three angels' messages. This is the first angel. These three angels flying in the midst of heaven bear a message from God, from heaven, for the world at the end of time. And, uh, yeah, this is we'll amazing. Begin in verse, we'll begin in verse 6 where, where John writes, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Those words sound so familiar, don't they? Amen. It's like a copy paste job it from is a copy Exodus chapter 20. Bang, right there at the end of time, a message for the world. We probably need to make note that of the 404 verses in the book of Revelation, there's roughly 270 to 280 verses that have uh, quotes, symbols, or allusions to the Old Testament. Mm. Of all the passages that we get from the Old Testament that are placed in the New Testament book of Revelation, this is the largest section. Mm. This, what we've just read, is the largest section that comes out of the fourth commandment. Wow. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. That's amazing. And, you know, we were reading in Revelation chapter 7 before about, you know, the servants, you know, hold the winds of strife, mm -hmm. do not let them blow on the earth until we have sealed the servants of our God. In their foreheads. Why the forehead? Well, the forehead is the place, <coughs> excuse me, the forehead is the place where we make our decisions. Mm. Uh, the forehead is where conscience, is where reason, is where the decision making process takes place. Mm -hmm. And so God says, place the seal in the forehead. In Revelation 14.1, it speaks of place my name, the mm -hmm. place the Father's name in the forehead. So the Father's name and the seal of God are synonymous. Now, the Father's name represents the character mm -hmm. of God. So these are individuals who have been sealed with the character of God. They have chosen to be part of the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. and they have chosen to adopt the character of of God, which was demonstrated through Jesus Christ, who said, My kingdom is not of this world. Mm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These are individuals that have been seeking first God's kingdom, and they are sealed by God in the forehead. They've made their choice. They've made their decision. And the Sabbath is the outward sign. Right. The outward sign that they have chosen of to align their lives with the Creator God, the one who is creator God and we worship him and we're reminded of that each and every seventh day Sabbath because the Sabbath is the memorial of creation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and true. So, and, so, and so the Sabbath yeah. then is the perfect and the obvious seal and sign at the end of time because it reminds us of our creator God and our allegiance to him. And so God's end time people worship their creator God, who also is their savior God, because in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the reason for the observance of the Sabbath is that I have delivered you from mm -hmm. slavery. That's right. Not just Egyptian slavery, as in the case of the Israelites, but the slavery of sin. Mm. And so when Jesus died on the cross... The greater deliverance. When Jesus died on the cross on Friday afternoon at three in the afternoon, the Bible says he cried out, it is finished. Mm -hmm. When God finished creating the world in six days... He cried out, it is finished, or it is done. It was all finished. Mm. And so you have God resting at the end of creation, and you have 
Christ resting at the end of redemption. So it's the perfect symbol. The mm. Sabbath ties in salvation and creation. Beautiful. It became the covenant you know, it's even blessing just, for the children of Israel, and it's God's blessing to all of humanity. Amen. I was even just thinking there. You said, uh, you know, in Revelation fourteen, that seal is linked, likened to the name, yeah. my name. Well, it is, That's... and the the word Sabbath has Abba in the middle mm, of it. It's I like the that. Ultimate Father's Day. I like <laughs> it's that. It's our Father's Day. Yeah, like amazing. That. That's beautiful. But listen to this. This is Hebrews chapter ten, verse sixteen, which just mm-hmm. kind of ties in together all of those points. Would you like to read Hebrews chapter ten, verse sixteen? Beautiful it says, text. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. So it's like the seal of God when we re- allow Him to to set His seal upon us. It's like a choice, an individual choice of settling into God's truth, mm-hmm. allowing His truth to just be our bedrock foundation to be what what guides us what drives us in our lives just Jesus and his truth amen it's beautiful it's refreshing um so that is that is the seal of god that what we are encouraged to receive so um you know if there's someone out there listening right now and they're saying okay i'm seeing the dots being joined the sabbath you know is this mark and it's a symbol of god's authority and power as you were just so Beautifully Give saying up. there. Go ahead. Yeah, Karen, I was just going to share, we haven't shared this, but the significance of a seal. Yeah. There are five key points that I have noted that, <coughs> excuse me, that's the Malenkov, don't worry about that, <laughs> that are significant. You I haven't heard that for a while. it's its first appearance in 2024. <laughs> in 2024. <laughs> uh, the, these are some interesting points that are significant when it comes to a seal mm-hmm. back in ancient times. Mm-hmm. Proof of ownership, proof of authenticity, Proof of approval and proof of irreversibility, such as King Darius Mm -hmm. and the tomb of Jesus. And notice number five, point number five. This is my favorite. Proof of likeness. Mm. Ancient kings used cylindrical seals to roll their likeness onto the soft wax so that all would later see the seal. All who would later seal, oh, see the seal beautiful. would recognize the likeness of the king. And that's exactly why it's likened to the name because God exactly. wants us to be little mirrors that's reflecting right. his light, that's right. his character. This is him, to his image, whereas the, the counterfeit mm. has its own image. And that's God right. says, do not worship the counterfeit image. Oh, yeah. Have the image of God. And in a world where people don't know where they find their value mm-hmm. and their meaning mm-hmm. you know this first angel's message revelation 14 7 fear god give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come fear god that means have a healthy uh, ad- admiration and respect mm-hmm. for a holy god who who is bigger than all of us <laughs> uh, respect him give glory to him like we give glory to God when we fulfill the purpose for which we were mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we were created for his pleasure. Amen. We were created. That's what Revelation tells us, I believe, chapter 4. But we were created to be in relationship with him mm-hmm. and in his image. Amen. So you are made by God in his image. He made you uh, special. There's a song we sing in, in the Sabbath school with Judah every week. Everything God made was good. Everything, everything, absolutely everything. Everything God made was good. Every single one of us that is listening to this broadcast right now, you were made in the mm-hmm. image of God. Amen. You are special to him. You matter to him. 
And that's the message of God right now. You know, that's what the, th- the three angels' message is also about. We find our value in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. All right. I got a bit sidetracked. You carry on, my friend. I don't know where we end, how I got there. But but yes, so the Sabbath is this beautiful truth of allowing God, uh, settling into truth, allowing him to write his law on our hearts. And when God writes his law on our hearts, what's different? What's different is that now we are obeying God from a heart that's been changed, from a new heart experience. It's no longer the heart of stone, Mm. but now it's that heart of flesh. And so... When we do the will of God, we are choosing to do that which we ourselves would want to do mm. because we have now been converted. We are now a new creature in Christ. Amen. So people might be listening to this and they're thinking, well, this sounds great. So, you know, what difference does it make if I choose to keep the Sabbath on a different day? Be it the first day, be it the third day of the week, whatever day. day. And this is where the issue comes in, I guess, Mm -hmm. and it's an important one, an important distinction, the seal of God and the mark of the beast, because the beast power of prophecy claims to have a mark of authority, Mm -hmm. and it just so happens to be a counterfeit of the Sabbath, a counterfeit of God's seal. And so that's where the issue comes. Like, will we follow God and do what he says, or will we follow God? The world will we follow man's ideas and agendas uh, for um, safety at the end time? Sorry, Siri is trying to chime in on this conversation. <laughs> but yeah, look, let's listen to a song and we'll come back and tie this all up. NCC Worship, we are the church.
We're gonna give you our hearts for the sake of your cross Till this world sees your love pouring out of us We are the church, we are the peace to the restless We're laying everything down might be found We trade our dreams for your heart Lord give us your heart We're gonna give you our lives for your kingdom's cause till this world sees your light shining out of us We are the church We are the bridge to the hopeless We're gonna give you our hearts For the sake of your cross Till this world sees your love pouring out of us We are the church We are the peace to the restless We are the church We are the bridge to the hopeless We are the church We are the peace to the restless Thank you for that beautiful song, Shell. That was NCC Worship, We Are The Church. And that brings us to the end of our live show. how quickly it's gone yet again. I know, but... We'll be back again. Praise the Lord. We'll be back next week, God willing. <laughs> we praise the Lord. Well, as we wrap up our time, we've been talking about the seal of God. We've touched on it. I feel like we just scratched the surface. We have, oh, this is just the beginning. There's just a the beginning. bit of an iceberg here. There's so much more to it. But um, what are some final thoughts that we could share with our listeners to kind of sum it all up, some action points uh, for them? I want to go back to the words of Jesus in John fourteen fifteen, mm-hmm. where Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so obedience to God, loyalty to him has always been in the context of love. Mm. And love to be love, it needs to be given freely. God, at the end of time, is inviting those that want to be part of his kingdom to give their allegiance over to him freely out of love. Beautiful. Freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. And that is why the seal of God is placed in the forehead. And so you've got those who sadly will choose through either deception or coercion. Revelation 13 picks up on both those methods that Satan uses. They will choose to receive the mark of the beast and they sadly will be lost. But God has a group of people in verse 12 at the end of Revelation 14. Verse 12 is the conclusion of the three angels' messages and the conclusion of the third angels' message. And it says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Amen. So God will have a people. He will have a people. These are these 144,000. And there'll be many that will be martyred, I believe. And that's why verse 13 goes on and says, Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. There's that rest coming through again. And their works do follow them. So whether we're alive or whether we're resting in our graves, when Jesus comes... 
May he find us faithful and loyal to him. May we choose today to have his seal in our foreheads. Today, we can have God's seal. We can have his assurance. We can have that in our minds and in our hearts and choose to worship him. He's our creator. Why would you want to worship anyone or anything else? Mm. He's our creator. He's our savior. And so the Sabbath is a beautiful way that brings that all together and enables us to to set aside time every week, 24 hours from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday to worship our creator and our savior, God. Amen. God is so attractive and the Sabbath is just a reminder of how wonderful he is. Mm. He does not force worship. Mm. He invites us, you know, to worship. It's He wants us to worship him as a love response to him, not because we're coerced to or we have to be deceived. deceived to do so. He just wants it to be because we love him for who he is. And the, the seal of God, we can choose today, as you said, to say, Lord, please, Place your seal upon me. Write your law in my heart. Mm -hmm. Give me a desire to obey you, to follow you, not to follow the world, but help me to really follow you. And God will answer that prayer anytime and every time. The contrast I see you know, with the seal of God in Scripture and the mark of the beast is the mark of the beast is forced. It is. It's legislated. You know, it will be enforced by civil power. But not the seal of God. It's no. a it's a choice. Amen. And God, Amen. all those who follow him will do so because they want to. Amen. They've seen him for who he is and they love him. Amen. So we better pray for our listeners Amen. real quickly. Would you pray? Amen. Father in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you for giving us the blessings of the Sabbath. And we thank you and praise you that at the end of time, this beautiful blessing will be front and center. And each and every man, woman and child will be invited to enter into your rest, that salvation rest that you provide through the Sabbath. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. We hope this has been a blessing to you. We've enjoyed our time with you today, that's for sure. Remember as we go that fear looks around, sorrow looks back, but faith always looks up. So keep looking up and we look forward to your company. Same time, next place, next week. God bless you all. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares he will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me.